0: Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is February 12th, 2023. Time is 18.07 and joining me as always is Big Daddy Prep. What's going on now? How are you today?
1: I'm wonderful, Jester. Very, very wonderful. So, uh, getting ready for that springtime of the year. It's not here yet, but I'm getting ready for it. At least I'm trying to.
0: Yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm still just trying to get over winter right now, man. It's, um, we got, like the other day, we had weather in the 70s, and now it's back in the 30s and 40s, and it, we were getting freezing rain last night. It's just very, very temperamental weather right now, and I'm just waiting for it to get better again so I can get some things done.
1: Yeah, me too. Same way. Last week, I had a horrible migraine headache that I think started out as allergies, like sinus allergies, and went into like a migraine and, yeah, I'm I'm ready to get spring here and get the winter part over with and just get that down to what I like, which is being outside and being able to stretch your arms and not freeze to death and wear thermals and all that, so I'm ready for it.
0: Yeah, me too, and, uh, guys, the email, doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you guys drop us a line if you want to be a guest <laughs> on the show or if you want to give us some topic suggestions, we'd appreciate it. Um To get right into this episode, guys, what Al and I are going to be talking about today is homesteading because it's a trending fad again, right Al
1: It is a trending fad, but it is a way in which you can simply provide for your family on a much cheaper basis. But you have to have a lot of things in place to make it happen. But it's, it's a fad. Some, for some of us, we've been doing this forever, but it seems to be a fad. So if it's going to be a fad and you're going to get into it, we want to show you the good ways to do it and the pitfalls. So that's what we're trying to help you with.
0: Absolutely. So for those of you guys that don't know, I'm going to explain this to you. And if anybody says I'm wrong, I challenge you to thumb wrestle. Um, right. Prepping and homesteading goes hand in hand. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. If you're a prepper you can be homesteading if you're and if you're a homesteader you're probably prepping they go hand in hand
1: right right
0: so so,
1: i agree (laughs) it's like dating your cousin you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) well okay i'll we'll take it uh anyway um so guys i've done the homestead thing i started homesteading back in 2016 um really started my big projects and getting the ball rolling with stuff in 2017 and then moved to my property right before the pandemic hit. Uh, and I've basically done everything on my property myself and I have made a ton of mistakes along the way. And one thing I can at least help people with on this episode is not making the same mistakes I did.
1: Right. Right. If you cannot make the mistakes that we've made, don't do it because it will save you thousands of dollars and thousands of hours worth of grief, I promise
0: you. So Al, my biggest homesteading mistake is, it it could be one of two things. It could either be that I didn't properly map out the property as I was putting in structures and buildings, because I'm paying for that now. Or it could be that I rushed into everything way too fast without having a proper plan.
1: My biggest problems were probably the fact that I don't have a lot of funds and I am a person that thinks that you can get most things for cheap or free and trying to make multiple things work together that don't always work together. So that's been my pitfall, not going out and buying a new lumber to build something with. I'm like, well, I can use this. And then you find out later on, well, I'm short two of this. Or That's me, you know, but I try to do everything on a very simple low dollar budget to show other people that they can do it too. So that's my pitfall.
0: Right. So, yeah, so my, my biggest thing is, is when we got the property, you know, I, we put in the septic, we uh, ran the power, we put in a small cabin and that was our start, right? That was our very small start. And I'm coming to find out now where I put the power at's going to have to be moved because the driveways go in there now um, where I put the cabinet, it's going to have to be moved. Cause now I have plans on putting a garage there. So it's just been kind of one thing after another, like, Oh, I screwed up here. I screwed up there. I screwed up here. I screwed up there. Um, even the tiny house we're in now, we plan on moving that in like the next 10 years. So every single thing that I've done, except for a handful of things, it's like, up oh, bad spot. Got to move it. You know,
1: <laughs> right. You know, having a plan and talking that plan over with your significant other, if, if you're in a relationship or or talking over your family or even talking it over with people that are in the know people that run power lines or run water lines, talking it over and getting their input on, hey, this is a problem or this is a potential problem is a great idea because you don't want to find out later on. It could cost you a lot more money to redo something a second or third time. So Ask advice. That's number one.
0: Right. And I'll tell you what, a big a big thing I'd like to point out to everybody, guys, uh, if you're starting out with a property that you just bought and it's completely blank slate, your first process should be to get a freaking good survey done. All right. Absolutely. Know exactly where your borders are, know exactly where those property pins are, know that in advance, that is going to save you so many headaches in the long run. I promise.
1: Yes. Because a lot of times, if you're not new, if you're new to an area and you don't know it, well, you end up with a neighbor. Bobby Joe has had this building on this piece of property forever. Bobby Joe says, my grandpa left me this. This is my property. And your property pen says, no, Bobby Joe actually has five feet of his barn on your property. Now, this is going to cause a conflict. I see this all the time on social media where people go through this. Good property lines and good fences make for good neighbors. So, folks, do your homework. You don't want to end up with somebody on your property and go through a long legal battle. Just find out ahead of time exactly where these things are at.
0: Exactly. I, I agree with you 100%, Al. And so something else, um, you know, on this mention of neighbors and property lines and stuff like that. I think it's pretty safe to say that everybody wants to utilize every inch of their property. Okay. Right. Having that survey done is definitely going to help you do that. Um, You might have 10 more feet than what you thought you had bordering your property. Um, Maybe this 10 feet crosses over a spring or a a body of water that you could access. Maybe this will allow you to add a little bit of extra fence for your animals. You know, it's just, it's good to get the survey done. The next thing I'll bring up to you guys is, um, you know, find out the difference between permits and fines. I'm starting to learn in my area that it's almost cheaper and more efficient for me to pay a fine than it is to just go get the damn permit. Right? You're right. right. And I'm like sitting there scratching my head like, why wouldn't they at least make the fine more than the permit? (laughs) <laughs> like, why is that not a thing? That would encourage right. me to get the permit. Oh, and then I forgot, you know, the, this is this is government, this is bureaucracy. These, these people are morons, um, so they don't know what the hell they're doing. And so I've been going back and forth with this house build thing, and they want me to jump through all these hoops to get a new permit. And it's like, well, I'm looking at potentially $2,000 to get everything filed, and then maybe it gets shot down. Or I could just pay a $200 fine and just start building.
1: Jester, that happens so much here in Arkansas where I live at. I've actually seen people go in
0: with a bulldozer,
1: bulldoze something out on their piece of property, build a home, have electrical, plumbing, water, gas, the whole nine yards, never ask anybody, never draw a permit, never get a fine. They did this 40 years ago, and they've done it four years ago. Nobody said a word, but there are parts of the country that you literally cannot put a mailbox in front of your house without drawing a permit and having somebody who's a contractor do it for you. So know your area.
0: Yeah, see, to me, that's that's too much oversight. That's being under someone's thumb too much. I I can't do that. I want my freedom. It's my property. I'm already pissed off I'm going to have to continuously pay property tax on it right? because it's mine. I'll be damned if I'm going to pay you guys to tell me what I can and can't do. It's my property, not yours. Right? I agree. And that's the way I look at it. I mean, frankly, I personally think that property taxes should be abolished. That's my personal opinion. Me too. I understand the need to pay for fire and rescue services and EMS services and police services. I understand that's where this tax money goes to. Like, I get that I completely understand it hey preppers do you want 10% off survival food go to www.readywise.com and use code doom10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs again that's code doom10 at checkout at readywise.com d-o-o-m 10 for 10% off at readywise.com But here's the reality to this, and this is what makes it bullshit. What makes it bullshit is, say you have a property and you don't occupy it. Say that it's blank. It's vacant. There's nothing there. You're not calling 911 for a fire. You're not calling the police because nobody's breaking in to your blank piece of property. right? Right. You're not going to need an ambulance to show up because there's nobody there, but you still got to pay property tax on it. Are you serious?
1: Yeah, and, I agree with you.
0: And here's the kicker, Al. If I'm paying fire, if I'm paying for fire rescue, why the hell do I need to have fire insurance on my house? I agree. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's it's a bunch of shit. It's bullshit. It really, really I, is.
1: I live in a state where there is a paid and volunteer fire departments that basically are right next to each other, that overlap each other. And believe it or not, a family member of mine passed away right on the piece of property that I live on now because the volunteer department never would come. The paid department, 20 miles down the road, kept hearing calls being called out. They came and they were the only the only people that responded. They had to drive past the people that were supposed to respond. So yeah, I know your area. Let me interject one thing about any piece of property, if you're new to it or even if you've just been there for a few years, go find the older folks, the folks that have been there a long time, make friends with them, ask questions. There are things that might have happened or things that have happened in the past near or around your property that you have no idea about. Ask questions, get to know them. Sometimes you'll find out a piece of property, something's happened there, it could be up for all you know, it could be a war memorial for the Civil War could have been there and you had no idea that that was the exact place this happened or that happened. Um, We have a lot of property here in Arkansas where it's Indian burial mounds and where the Indians were at and people want to go and they want to look for arrowheads and things like that but you can't because nobody will let you. So find out about this. You might have to run people off your property because it might be a highly sought property for things like that. So just, just ask questions, especially the old timers.
0: I don't disagree with you at all, Al. I mean, that's definitely a good thing. I know like in my area, it's kind of hard to get people to open up if they don't know your pappy's pappy. They don't want to talk to you. <laughs> right,
1: right, right, right.
0: Um, but well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say this though. You know, I think step one, If you're acquiring a homestead property, try to find a good water source with, uh, try to select a property that has a great water source, okay? Whether that's a creek, a stream, a spring, something that's already there that you could pull water from. This is gonna make life a lot easier for you if you have any type of livestock or you plan on doing big gardens, having a nice flowing body of water that you could redirect or pump out of is gonna make a world of difference. In my situation, I cannot get somebody out on my property to put a well in to save my life. We have been fighting this well situation for years. And it's always a company saying, hey, we're on the way out. We're coming. Or they, and then they never show up. Or someone calling and saying, we'll get, in back. we'll get back to you. And then they never do. And then eventually these people quit answering the phone. I'm telling you what, man. The area I live in, I've never met people that are so unmotivated to work it is absolutely horrible and i i mean you know and and it's always like the same story i call these guys oh we're booked up for six months well can i get on the books well we're not taking any new customers right now yeah are you are you kidding me i had one company i like i called them and this this was the biggest crap so this is when we were planning on going a different route with our homestead project. I called this company; they um, do heating and air conditioning. And I said, "Hey, I want to send you guys some blueprints so I can get an estimate on getting the um, duct work and, and furnace and everything hooked up in this house." Okay. And it took this company. To, I talked to a lady on the phone. She was real nice. This, that, and the other, and uh, this was in the summertime out when I called them. And they said, when are you looking to build? I said, I don't know. I said, but I would like to have this estimate done hopefully by, like, October. Like, I mean, this is in the summertime, probably calling in, you know, July or August. So, I'm just like, if I could have the estimate by October, that'd be great, you know. Um, Takes this lady two weeks to call me back. I totally forgot I even called them. Leaves me a message saying, Mr. Jester, I want to let you know that we're unable to do the estimate for you right now because October is our busy season. Uh we're more we're more interested in doing repair work at that time. We get really busy with that, so we're going to be unable to provide you with an estimate this fall. But we want you to consider us for all your future needs. <laughs> now, does that sound like someone you'd want to do business with?
1: No. 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 And, and and this is a reoccurring problem for a lot of people in areas that, you know, business has been in for 50 years. We've been putting glass and so-and-so. We've been doing plumbing for 50 years. They've been doing it that long because there's nobody else to do it. There's no competition. They're in no hurry. And if you're an outsider, yes, for Billy Bob, they may go down the road and do something this afternoon. But for somebody else, they don't do it. Uh, that's the reason why I don't like that kind of business. That's just... That's bad. That's bad management. But if you're stuck in that kind of area, you literally may have to get somebody from a bigger area to come out, which is going to cost you more. Yeah. But, folks, don't wait around ever for somebody who's lazy to eventually get around to you. Just go get somebody else. Work around
0: them. Right. Exactly. And what I was, you know, what I was going to say too is, guys, if you're going down this homestead road, if you're going down this homestead route. Something I want you guys to really consider is you're going to end up having to do a lot of work yourself, okay? Yep. You're not going to be able to hire somebody to do everything. Get good at doing certain things. Find out where your skill sets lie. If you're really good at painting, exploit that, right? If you're really good at cutting wood and you can cut wood perfectly square and straight, exploit it. Do a lot of woodwork, right? You know, find out what your skill set is and take advantage of that. That way, if you say to yourself, hey, you know what? I'm not good at much, but I know how to do plumbing. You know that's where you're going to save your money at with your build. If you say to yourself, hey, the only thing I'm really that I know how to do on a house is roofing, utilize that aspect to save yourself some cash. Okay. Now, and
1: also your friends and the people that you work with and the people that you're acquainted with. You never know the skill sets that they have until you go to asking, And that doesn't mean use your friends up. I'm not saying that. But sometimes you'll have a friend that used to be an electrician, but he's not working as an electrician right now, but he's still licensed.
0: Hey, Preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Stutters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. Listen,
1: See if they're interested in helping you on the side.
0: Al, I mean, if, if you won't say it, I'll say it. Use the shit out of your friends. <laughs>
1: right, right. The thing is, is don't do it with the intentions. Like, you want to repay. Everybody wants to have a clean slate. You want to do right by them, you know. And sometimes you could do right by them by, you know, a 12-pack of beer and nice dinner and maybe 50 bucks. That's a lot of guys are just like, hey, man, he was really, he treated me right. You know, he, he just, you know, he needs some help. Um, yeah, use your friends up if, if you can, it's beneficial to you and beneficial to them sometimes too.
0: Listen, I've, I've had a ton of friends over the years. Hey, I need help with this. Hey, I need help with that. And we've exchanged favors and it's been fine. Right. And there, there hasn't, I've never really had an issue. You know, someone needs my help. I help them out when I need their help. Hopefully they're around. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, you know, it's, what about tile?
1: Drought. If you're putting tile down and you need a tile wet saw, how many times do you use a tile wet saw for the rest of your life? You're probably not. But you may have a friend that has one because he might do tile work. So maybe he just lets you use that something that's hundreds of dollars that you don't have to pay to go buy one that you'll never use again. Okay, once you put your tile down little things like that as you're going into a project you just start gathering okay do you have a towel what's all yeah well can i use it for the weekend you know can i you know can i buy you a a 12 pack of beer if i use it most of the time people be like yeah no problem man just just bring it back the same way you got it be respectful to people too
0: right exactly and i mean i I know i'm in this position now where it's like i find myself over buying tools and yeah so for those of you guys out there that don't know i did the homestead thing You know, I've been talking, well, you guys know I've been talking about it in this episode, but I live in a tiny house on my property. It absolutely sucks. There's five of us stuffed in there right now, plus animals, and it's not a good time. And we're progressively always trying to do other things on the property to make our living situation a little bit better. And you, you wouldn't believe what a little difference, you know, what a big difference little things could make. Like we finally, over this last summer, we got the back deck started on the house. And it changed the whole house because it gave us a whole other door to utilize. It made it easier to bring groceries in. It um, gave us a whole other usable space with the house, you know, to, to go out and barbecue and hang out and have coffee in the morning. Like, I mean, it was a big beneficial change. And you wouldn't, th- right. you wouldn't think something that small as throwing a little, you know, 12 by 16 deck on the back would have made that big of a difference, but it really did
1: well that's just like people that live on wet ground or
0: ground that's not as
1: solid as it needs to be getting stuck just putting a little chat in making a nice pad to drive on or stand on to be able to work on i've seen people that got a couple loads of chat put on their driveway and they're like, man it changed my world i'm like yeah it's just gravel it's just rock but but but, but we've been in mud for years we we finally made a little walkway up there it's the little things that make a lot when it comes to homesteading folks and most of these projects are projects that you can do yourself yourself you know you don't need anybody to do these things you know
0: right exactly and guys like i find i find a lot of projects coming upon me very fast this year and my oldest son's helping me out with as much as he can we uh if you guys follow me on any social media you'll see that we just uh redid our area for our chickens so we got a whole nother area cleared out for the chickens now and believe it or not it made maintaining the chickens a lot easier because um, of their location and proximity to the house things like that so you know it's it's little things like that simply moving where you're keeping your animals or maybe clearing out a different area for the animals is gonna make a big difference and I'm gonna tell you what something guys it homesteading is not a race okay it's a it's a marathon you're you're gonna find yourself wanting to get everything done as soon as possible, but it takes a shit ton of time to do um, a great, a great person. That's an example of this that put their whole story online is Nate Petrosky. All right. Yep. If you guys are on TikTok, if you guys are on clapper, you'll see Nate Petrosky out there and he's continuously posting videos about the stuff he's doing on his homestead. If you've got, if you guys have noticed, he's been posting, you know, updates for years and he didn't break ground for a house yet. Um, his last big project he's doing is a, a new outhouse.
1: Want to be a guest on the show? Email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail dot com. That's it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. All right. There are a lot of a lot of pieces to this gesture that, you know, when it when I think of homesteading, I think about certain things like gardens and raising animals and your water source and things like that. And don't willy nilly go out and say, "Well, this is where this is going to be, and this is where this is going to be." Don't put your chickens down here where it's the wettest part of the of the yard. Okay, don't put your well up here where it's in a really rocky area. I mean, that's where you say the well is going to be. No, let the property speak to you and be as conducive to making things easy for you as you can. You know, you 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 don't want to you don't want to build something and and have something really nice in one area, and then find out. Well, we had the first big flash flood, and it washed all the chickens downhill. Now, you know, study these things. <laughs> you know, use a little intelligent, uh, use a little brain
0: power. I'm just I'm doing research. Al, I'm just thinking <laughs> about these chickens and kayaks being washed away in the flood.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's 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 terrible, but it but it happens to people, and that's you know, as we want to get off grid, I would love to totally be off grid. Very very hard to totally get off grid, folks.
0: Oh no! Being partially off is.
1: grid, being partially off grid is great. Being totally off grid is very hard. And if that's your expectation, understand you are not going to live like a king totally off grid. That means you're going off the power supply, the water supply, the sewer. You know, you're you're going off all that. Right. A lot of people think off grid is not live in the country. No. <laughs> That's not off-grid. So you have to think about these things more than, okay, that's what I'm going to do. No, think about it really, really hard. And you might find out that the piece of property that you have is not conducive, that you find something else. Don't be scared to say, this five acres I've got is not as conducive to do the things I want to do, but there's 10 acres down the road, and I might have a little cash with it to get that 10 acres, but that's a better place to do it's a whole lot easier than trying to fight, you know, pushing water uphill, you know, try to get something done that you simply just aren't going to make happen when you find the perfect place down the road from you. So be open-minded.
0: Right. And, you know, I, I, so right now where we're sitting at, we have total off-grid water. All right. Yep. We have septic off-grid. We do not have trash services where I live. We're still on the power grid um, mm-hmm. as of now. That is going to change. That eventually is going to change, but it takes money and time to make that happen. Uh, But, like, so for us, we do a lot of things kind of as a backup, and we have things that individually run off solar. So, honestly, if the power goes out tomorrow, we'll still have lights. We'll still have things running. We've got solar generators and backup generators and different solar panels that power different things right now. So we'll be okay, you know, if things really break bad. But for me, it's that ultimate sense of freedom. Knowing that there's no power bill, knowing that there's no garbage bill, no water bill, no septic bill. Like those that to me, that's true freedom. Right? Yep. Yep. And you know, the only thing I wish I could eliminate with that is that freaking property tax. I'm I gotta figure out a way to eliminate that.
1: The the thing with the property taxes are is that they're built in for everybody. And they're built in to supposedly pay for the infrastructure, but then they need money for infrastructure. So they need your taxes for infrastructure, then they need more for infrastructure. Really what they need your money for is to keep the government floating. That's not what the property tax was supposed to be for. It was supposed to pay for the schools and the the roads and things like that, and it's... Nothing ends up what it started to be. So, you know, I, I'm with you. I simply don't think property taxes. I think there should be total exemption on property tax period. State, county, federal, uh, there shouldn't be any.
0: You know, I I think it would be this simple if they would go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to nix property tax. We're going to get rid of it. And we're just going to add two cents on to sales tax. I'm good with it. I'm good with it, too. That's going to solve the problem right then and there. If you got people that are going out buying goods and services within that county, redirect it back to the county. Done. I,
1: I would be just as good with the income tax being the same exact way. Pay a flat tax on everything that you buy. If you buy a thousand dollars worth a million dollars worth of flat tax so much percentage now we'd have to argue the percentage and it's been argued for years but oftentimes been 13 to 15 percent it's been argued by i would gladly pay 15 sales tax on everything i got just to never pay any more income tax period so i would glad to do that but unfortunately most people don't feel like we do but um
0: Hey, Preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Stutters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com.
1: My, my biggest thing that I can say to people is as you're planning these things, don't don't go into this blindly. Sit down with your significant other, than whoever's going to be there with you. Plan out what you want. Do you want chickens? Do you want to raise hogs? Do you want to raise cattle? Do you want to raise horses? Are you going to have a garden? How many gardens are you going to have? How big a garden do you want? And make it all work. You can't put a five thousand uh, square foot garden in a little teeny weeny five hundred square foot space. So you have to have realistic ideas of the area that you have um, you can't raise cattle on a quarter acre okay I'm sorry right so that,
0: yeah that's a good point Al. absolutely go
1: out and, and and do your homework and and bite off what you can chew take one project at a time get better at it or get good at it and then go to the next project don't start seven projects don't say I'm almost about raising cattle pigs and chickens all at the same time and have a garden because i'm gonna tell you right now if you think you've got a job and your wife or significant other has a job they're all gonna die your garden's gonna wilt you're gonna have nothing and you're gonna piss of that money away because you're not gonna time i'm i'm telling you i know this for a fact
0: so you know here's the other thing too along with what al's saying you know, don't bite off more than you could chew. W- work within the means that you have. But, guys, I want you to do something that I didn't do, okay? I never thought in my head to compensate for what happens if I get injured in the middle of a project, right? Right. So do have contingency plans for these projects as well. Al, I was on a, I was on a Clapper Live the other day, man, and I was changing my brakes on my truck. Hurt my back in the middle of the live putting my back wheel back on the truck. Like my back just did something wonky when I was putting that wheel on and couldn't finish the rest of the brake job on the truck. Right. Yep. And not that that's a homesteading project, but it just goes to show you how quick you can get injured just doing something you don't think you'd get injured doing.
1: Absolutely. You can get hurt doing a lot of these projects. I see people all the time to say they're clearing land. They're going to clear land. They're chainsawing down trees. I mean, they'd get hurt with a chainsaw or a tree comes back and hurts them and they can't do anything else on the rest of their property because they didn't know properly how to do what they said they were going to do. Folks, if you don't know how to take down trees, don't be taking down trees. If you don't know how to put a well in, don't attempt to put a well in. Get someone who knows how. Learn. But don't go out there and think that you're just going to go out there and I, I've never built anything in my life, but I'm fixing to go build me a house. Okay. All righty, we'll see how that goes. I went to a <laughs> building the other day that I watched that a guy had paid somebody to build a shed for him. I have a I have a three year old grandson that could have done a better job. I'm I'm assured he could have done a better job. I mean, one stiff wind comes up, it's coming down. I told the man, I said, "I'll do everything you need me to do here for you," but this this is coming down. You do realize this is an insurance claim waiting to happen. So, yeah. Be careful on who you get to do things. And if you don't know what you're doing, yeah, hire somebody that does.
0: Right. And I, and I know a lot of this, a lot of us have this mentality too of, you know, we don't want to pay for it. We'll figure it out on our own or, you know, we don't want this stranger coming in on our property to do this job for us. But there is that time where it's like, nope, we need somebody for this. Like One of the big things with us was I never put in a septic tank before. I never put in a drain field before. So we hired a professional to come out and do that job, right? Mm-hmm. That simple. I uh for everything else, my underground water lines, my power hookups, all that stuff. I did all that on my own. And I mean, don't get me wrong, guys, the internet is a great tool to utilize uh for these things. You you know, don't don't psych yourself out and and think to yourself that, well, I can't learn it, I can't do it, it's too hard, it's too big. You know, definitely Feel capable and feel confident about this, but acquire some skills. Learn how to do a few things. If you've got, like how we were talking about earlier, using, utilizing your friends. If you got a buddy who just so happens to own a roofing company, an electric company, a plumbing company, call your buddy and be like, hey, dude, can I shadow with you for a few days just to kind of learn some things? I just kind of want to see what this is about, if it's something I could do or not. And if they say, yeah, sure, you'll learn what it's about a little bit. And then you could say to yourself, nah, this definitely looks more complicated than something I want to get into. Or you could say, you know what, I kind of think I know what's going on here. Let me work with this guy some more so I could really develop a little bit of a skill set here. That way I don't have to call somebody for everything. Right. Right. And before anybody's like, oh, these guys are nuts, I'm not saying you're going to be able to wire a whole house shadowing an electrician for a few days. But you might learn how to put a ceiling fan in. You might learn how to put a new outlet in. You might know how to put a switch in. You might figure out how to turn breakers off in a breaker box. You might learn something that you're going to take with you that's going to benefit you, right?
1: Well, and also, I know a lot of people that have got got ready to put electrical in their little small little cabins that they're building, whatever. They will have a friend that's electrician. What can I do to help you? Okay, well, I need you to draw draw pilot holes all the way through these studs, you know, and where we want to put this and this that, and he'll mark it out for them. They'll do all the work. They'll drill the studs and do all the do all the the, the, the labor intensive work and then all he's gotta do is basically come run the line and, and, and fix it out for him. Then they'll finish the rest of it out. He's done the most of of the most hard part to do and they've done most of the labor intensive part and everybody won. You know, and and There are a lot of good folks out there. As much as we try to say people aren't that good or this, that, and the other, people are good. They want to help each other. But if you could take a 12-hour job and make it a five-hour job for him and get the job done, you've done a lot of the work. Now you're shadowing him while he's doing the actual part that he knows how to do. You've learned everything. You know? I mean, Ty learned how to put irrigation systems in when I was a kid. was digging the holes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Right. And guys, (laughs) I mean, as as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is a fad. This is trending again. People are pissed off. They're not happy. So everybody's going down this homestead road again. Right. It's insane uh, to me how how popular it's become. Last year it seemed like it died down a bit. Right. This year it's it's all getting cranked up again. I I and I can only imagine. It has a lot to do with the cost of food. Um, people are like, man, I wish I had chickens. I wish I had a garden. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Well, shit, we might as well start homesteading so we could have these things. I think this is where a lot of the mentality is coming from.
1: Yeah, because people are finding out how expensive things are. They want to be able to make it. They, they, they want to be able to fill their freezers, have a nice place to live, not have to be dependent on everyone else, and also – There's something about growing something out of the garden that you actually did taste better. I'm sorry, a tomato that comes out of my garden tastes better than anyone I get out of the grocery store. Uh...
0: Hey, Preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com d-o-o-m 10 for 10 percent off at readywise.com
1: that was kind of the thing maybe we can get a two-part out of this before it's over with because there's a lot of things that we'd like to go into that's about gardening and animal raising and things like that how how to save money and not make the mistakes i've done because i understand i've raised a lot of animals raised a lot of gardens my education is worth thousands to you. I promise you, because I have lost a lot over the years, not knowing what I was doing, but I've got pretty damn good in my old age. So,
0: you know, um, that since, since you brought that up, Al, some, I would like to hit on a little bit here is money lost. Um, cause let's face it, you're going to lose money. Yep. I, uh, you are. another, another mistake I made out, and I thought this was going to, I thought this was going to be a money saving endeavor. Um, I went out and we spent about $700 about seven hundred on a wood chipper, okay? And I thought to myself, this would be great. I'll be able to clear out property. I'll be able to make my own mulch, this, that, the other. Al, I can tell you what, man, um, with what I've done so far and the amount of time it takes to make mulch, I, in the years I've had this thing, I haven't made $700 worth of mulch yet.
1: <laughs>
0: and I don't yeah. think that I ever will.
1: Yep, yep. It's that tool that you probably didn't need that you might have could have borrowed from somebody else when you absolutely do need them because the rest of the time you've got storage, upkeep, you know, things like that. You know, keep somebody from stealing it. Yeah, you're you're in charge of it now. That's, that's kind of like goes back to my, my thing. If you don't need a chainsaw all the time, if you're not regularly using one, maybe you could borrow one for the afternoon from a friend.
0: Right. You
1: know, things like that. Um folks, you can get thousands of dollars into raising animals too. There's a whole there's a whole story right there I can tell you about getting deep off into raising animals and enjoying it, doing a good job. But if you're looking to turn a profit, you don't need to start getting into it because you're not gonna turn a profit. The only profit's gonna be is a profit that you say, I did this. That's your profit. Right. Um but it's a big thing it's a big thing to
0: uh (laughs) it's just it's it's it's, the roads you'll go down in homesteading are unreal right (laughs) the things you will find yourself doing are unreal and honestly guys i find myself working on projects i never thought i was going to do um i have al i have a huge project coming up in one of our springs i went out and we spent uh Almost $2,000, Al, out on one piece of pipe, um, <laughs> four foot diameter by 20 foot long. And what we're doing is we're digging one of our springs down like a, like a 15th century well. And we're going to put this giant piece of pipe in there vertically. So we have a giant basin to pick up for the water for the house now. Yep. I mean, it, like I never thought I'd be doing that, but that's another homestead project, right?
1: Yep and it'll provide a lot more water hell yeah a lot
0: more water (laughs) hell yeah but it's
1: an it's an investment you know it is an investment in the long term you're not going to see a return on that money instantly but over the years you will we're not trying to deter anybody from becoming homesteaders we're just trying to tell those that that are new to it or that are looking at doing it we encourage you to do it but take advice Don't think that you know everything that, oh, if Alan Jester could do it, anybody could do it. Okay, all right, all right. You sit up at nighttime for 12 hours a night, six days a week, trying to keep baby chicks alive. You go out in the morning time and find out you lost two litters of brand-new baby rabbits because the mom did something to them. You do that. Do that a few times. And find out how things go. Go out and find out that, you know, you had a goat attacked by another animal, and you have to go put that animal down because it's your responsibility now, and it's not going to live a good life. You do that, and that's experience right there. You can't get by reading a book. I promise you.
0: Oh, done all of it. Yeah, absolutely not. I 100% agree with you, Al. Um, Yeah, I mean, guys, best best investment you could make for this homestead. Right now, take your ass down to the dollar store, take your ass to Walmart, take your ass to the office supply store, buy yourself a good notebook and a pack of pens and pencils and pre-plan everything that you are doing. Get it on paper. Make sense out of it before you break ground. Make sense out of it before you pound the first nail. I'm telling right. you, it's going to save your ass in the long run. I promise. Right.
1: And be willing to take that and look at it and go, There, I made a mistake. I need to change this. Don't be so hard-headed that you say, I made the plan, it's gonna stay that way. No, don't do that. Be able to be flexible and say, I might have made a misjudgment here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tack and re-tack over to this. I'm gonna fix, I'm gonna change some things around. You know what I mean? Just just have a good plan but be willing to change your plan if things don't work out just the way you want them to so this is an emergency action message